0: Hi, this is Stephanie, the host of the Empower Your Life podcast. And I cannot believe that we are in May. <laughs> it's it's happening like next week. I don't know where this year has gone. It's just like blink and and we're almost halfway through it. It's it's crazy. So um we had a fantastic event last week. And we did this event with um, Dr. Reddy. She's a rheumatologist, but is also fellowship. Fellowship trained in integrative medicine and also board certified in lifestyle medicine. So she really looks at the whole body, which is so important, um, in my opinion, because you know there's there's just so many different sources to our, to our, to pain, to how we feel pain. And we have to get to the bottom of it. And if you don't, you're just kind of treating a symptom. And so that's kind of what we talked about. We, we did a a talk on fit for life, a guide to staying active and healthy as we age. And that's what this podcast is going to be about. We um, recorded it for you guys to, to be able to pay attention to it. We got rave reviews um, from it. She did a fantastic job. So if you want to learn how to stay active and healthy as you age, you know how you keep those aches and pains away, we get into some 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 things that um I share with my patients all the time that get you kind of thinking of like, oh wait, I should be moving this way. I need to be stretching this way. Um, I'm probably stretching the wrong way and kind of giving you a thought process behind that. And then we'll talk a little bit about a new regenerative treatment option, um, that we are using in our office. So we'll go into that a little bit. That's actually our next month's event. So if you want to learn more about what that looks like, um, definitely look in the comment section and you'll see the sign up for that because, um, shockwave treatment is amazing. We're getting some amazing results with some of our chronic pain patients, as well as our patients that have recently been injured, We've been able to like, um, literally in three, four visits, uh, get some, some significant results. Um, so we're really excited about that. And you can learn a little bit more about that on this event. So, um, I will let you have it. Um, I hope you enjoy the education and we will see you next time. This is the empower your life podcast where you can find some of the best health and life tips to keep you active and living life without having to go through surgeries, procedures, and medications. We wanna give you hope that it is possible as the body has an amazing ability to heal if we give it the right environment. Stay tuned to the end of this podcast to hear a very special offer. Without a further ado, let's get started. Cool guys, I am so excited to do this talk with Dr. Reddy. Um, it's called, we we called it fit for life. The guide to staying active and healthy as we age, because honestly, I feel like that's, that's what we want. I mean, that's what I want. I want to make sure that when I'm living, as I'm getting older that I'm actually living and that's kind of what we're going to be talking about today. So some of the things that we're going to be learning, Dr. Reddy is going to be talking about the six pillars of lifestyle medicine. We're going to be talking about some of the sources of pain, why aches and pain gets worse as we get older arthritis, some other conditions that can feel like arthritis, but it's not really arthritis, how nutrition plays a role in living longer, and then guidelines for physical activity, common stretches that can keep you feeling great. And then also a new technology that we just have called Shockwave. It's a non-invasive regenerative therapy. And then just kind of what other healthcare providers um, miss um, with uh, treating people. So let's introduce Dr. Reddy first. Let me talk about me and my background and all that stuff. Most of you guys already know me. So um, Dr. Reddy, introduce yourself. Hi, hi everyone. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: And thank you, Stephanie, for inviting me to to join you all um, and share share some uh, thoughts and ideas uh, with you. I am a board-certified rheumatologist and I joined North Texas Preferred Health Partners uh, of 2022. I've been practicing in the DFW area for well over a decade. I did my training at Brown University and then the University of Chicago. Um, I am also trained in integrative medicine. I did the Andrew Weil University of Arizona uh, Integrative Medicine Fellowship, and I'm also board certified in lifestyle medicine. And I really believe in kind of using the best of of both worlds, so to speak, of what uh, modern medicine has to offer and standard of care and that kind of thing, but also concurrently optimizing the non-medication type approaches, which we're going to be talking about a lot today. And um, And so that's kind of what brought me into the shift to the concierge medicine practice. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. Thank you.
0: Awesome. Well, I'm Stephanie. For those of the guys who do not know me, I have been a physical therapist for, gosh, over 20 years. It doesn't seem like it's been that long. I don't know where time goes, um, but I grew up in the Dallas area, played a lot of sports, have a lot of aches and pains from playing a lot of sports, played collegiate soccer, played semi-professional soccer, did a lot of marathons, just kind of like that typical ADHD child that's always active and running and going 100 miles an hour. Um, But I've had a lot of, you know, different injuries as well as as health issues. And if anyone knows me, I always am looking for the most holistic way of healing not only myself, but also my patients um, and really connecting them with people that, um really view view the same the same thing um as i do. So um I, which is why I love I'm so excited to have Dr. Reddy on on this talk because she is one of those doctors that you know really looks at everything, looks at the whole body. I mean we, we kind of have to these days um because everything's kind of connected and um you know you can have emotional pain and physical pain and Um, autoimmune type pain. There's so many different avenues of of hurting and we've just got to get to the source of it. And so um, parts of that's what we're going to be talking about today. So, Stephanie, if it's
1: okay, could we ask um, folks to introduce themselves for a moment if anyone wants to?
0: Sure, if they want to. We've had a few more people join since we just started.
1: I always feel like it's nice to kind of Make it interactive and know yeah, who we're absolutely. who's here.
0: Or no you pressure. Can Only if that you if you want to, as well. If you don't want to, just jump, jump on and jump off. I know we have Judy on the line, and we have Fredell, um, we have Malene, and Kim. Who else has joined us? Marcy. Yep. <laughs> Hello. I'm Marcy. I don't have my
1: camera on. Now. Um, I just started going to Stephanie's practice, like, I don't know, about six weeks ago. So I kind of like her approach of um, holistic treatment. So I wanted to learn more. Okay. Thank you for joining us. Who else? Uh, hi, I'm Judy. I've been to Stephanie before and I broke my humerus a couple of years ago and it kind of set me back. But I'm, I'll be 80 next year. So I am real concerned with uh, prolonging my life as much as possible as long as, it, as long as I'm healthy and relatively happy. Awesome. Wonderful.
0: And guys, if you have questions or stuff, you can always type them in the chat and we'll get to them. Um, and we'll have time at the end to ask questions as well. So, Dr. Wright, if you want to get started on the this, okay, topic of sure. lifestyle, Let's we'll, we'll go
1: from there. Okay. Well, let's get started. Um, okay. Well, I wanted to start by just kind of talking about lifestyle medicine and, and what are all these different terms, whatnot. Um, integrative medicine is something that really just is all, an all-encompassing term, and that's referring to really anything that's not standard care. Um, type of thing. So various non-pharmacologic approaches. So that includes, you know, that includes lifestyle medicine, but that also includes uh, whether we're talking about Ayurveda or traditional Chinese medicine, botanicals, lots of, lots of things. It's a very broad term. I wanted to focus on the subset of lifestyle medicine. And within that, we have six pillars and that serves as kind of a framework and uh, those are including nutrition, physical activity, stress management, sleep, um, absence of or avoidance of risky substances, and having positive social connections. And I think the reason to really dig into each of these in in more detail is that, you know, pain, we all, we all experience pain and whether it's definitely alluded to, whether that's. Physical pain, or emotional, mental pain, or uh, stress, or what, whatever it may be, um, the brain—you know—the brain centers um, that see that feel pain really can't differentiate the type of pain and the source of pain and that sort of thing. And so, oftentimes, people with arthritis—you know—I'm a rheumatologist—and so oftentimes people with with arthritis. Whatever type it is may come in and say, "Well, gosh, my my arthritis is flaring up, and my meds aren't working, or whatever it might be." And then, as we dig into a little bit more, well, actually, there's more going on in life. There's a stressful time. They've not been eating eating healthy, or they just haven't been as active, or whatever it may be. So, um, it's really important to kind of go through the whole person approach and think about each of these each of these six pillars. And oftentimes what I find is that, you know, it's helpful to focus on on one or two of them. There may be some pillars that people are, are you know, it's not a concern. They're doing, they're doing great. And others that are a real challenge. And we can talk about these in in more detail as we go through today's talk. so as i mentioned not all pain um, is necessarily arthritis there are many different sources of pain mental (laughs) emotional as we talked about stress uh, that kind of thing generalized anxiety whatnot there's also what we call central pain and so you may have heard of fibromyalgia for example and so that's defined as a heightened sensitivity to pain uh, that's lasted, that's been persistent for three months or longer without other identifiable source, And that's often a concurrent um, diagnosis. So people may have arthritis and fibromyalgia, or they may have depression or anxiety and fibromyalgia. And, you know, people are in pain, but they keep going to the doctor and their x-rays come back normal and whatever it may be, but yet they still feel pain. And so, we just kind of generally talk about that or refer to that as central central pain. Um, pain can also be peripheral, and there are many different sources here that I'm sure Stephanie will also want to expand on. Um, it can come from the muscles and the soft tissues. There can be tendonitis. Um, there can be bursitis, arthritis. There can be ligaments, um, ligament tears. There can be uh, strains, sprains, um, knots in the muscles, things like that. And there's also a nerve pain and people can have large, large fiber neuropathy or even small fiber neuropathy. So many, many, many <laughs> sources of pain. And this is just really important to emphasize because people often have more than one type of pain that's contributing to their overall sense of well-being and whatnot. And, you know, it's really important to to tease that out because if I, if I give someone medications for say rheumatoid arthritis, but really they have, um, you know, or bursitis or really they have tendonitis or really they haven't been sleeping well or whatnot. And they're, they're, uh, life is stressful, I'm I'm not going to be helping them. So it's really important to, to um, tease this out.
0: Yeah. And I, I kind of describe sources of pain and, and like from a physical therapy, like I put people into kind of buckets, you can have like chemical pain, you can have mechanical mm-hmm. pain, you can have autoimmune pain, you can have an emotional pain and, and you have to figure out kind of which category you're in. And so if it is, something that is more chemical where like you had a fall and you got inflammation and that's like chronic pain that just keeps on. Like, it's just aching constant. Like, yes, you need chemicals to uh, address some of those things, but if it's more mechanical, then you've got to get into the mechanics. And that's where the muscle and the soft tissue, the tendon, the joints, and Um, And a lot of times for me, I'm always asking like, why, like, why is this happening? Why, why is this muscle tightening up? What are you doing in your lifestyle that can be creating some of these things? And I always say too, like where the side of the pain is is often not where the source of the problems coming from. So you could have something pain in your knee, but it's really coming from your hip or it could be coming from your back um, and really looking at the whole body to kind of figure out like what, what's going on.
1: Yeah, I would also add, you, you kind of touched on it, referred pain. And so people will come in and say, you know, gosh, my knee hurts, but really it's referred pain and the hip is the problem that it's yeah. presenting as knee pain or it's bursitis or the IT band or something. And it's coming down, you know, the front of the leg or the side of the leg and oh, it's presenting as well, knee pain or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, let me mute that person yeah exactly and so it's it's really and then and then for me too it's always getting into like well why is it band the issue um what are you doing what are the movement patterns that that you're doing that's creating some of that because you always have to go into like why it's happening otherwise even though we release things and we get things stronger if you're going back to the same habits that created it we've got to fix those as well which is true for anything like anything um not just physical <laughs> therapy type stuff. It's also, I mean, true for, you know, you gotta get to the root cause and, and the why, otherwise um, that's where people get frustrated with, with kind of the system of, of like continuing to hurt and, and not, not having answers. So why do aches and pains stay and kind of get worse? Where, where a lot of times, you know, we think of, okay, I'm, I'm starting to hurt, I just need to rest. And that's going to help me. But honestly, as we get older, it doesn't (laughs) Uh, because this, these aches and pains, it happens. You know, one of the biggest reasons why it happens is, is that when, as we get older, we just, we just don't heal as fast as we used to heal. So you may do an activity that you're used to doing that might've created some tightness. And then you, you compound with other things that you're doing and you decided to go out and garden and then you wanted to go out and run. And then you like, and so all of a sudden you start having these aches and pains that happen. And uh, unfortunately, um, as if we just rest only, it doesn't it doesn't really work. And so one of the biggest things is getting to a, a person or a place or that's going to really kind of help navigate this to try to keep you as active. We want you to move. Our bodies are meant to move, but sometimes we have to get down to like the correct movements that you can do that your tissue can tolerate to, to be able to get you back to, to feeling great. Unfortunately, kind of like one of the things that I always, talk about in my office is, you know, as we get older, we tend to move in the same planes every day. Um, as we get older, we tend to sit, stand, walk, run, bike, but it's all in the same plane. When we're kids, we're all over the place. We're like, we're flinging ourselves to the side and and we're moving all over the place. But as we get older, we tend to be in the exact same plane and our joints don't like being in the same plane. Our joints like moving in a lot of different directions, which is one of the reasons why things tend to stiffen up and tighten up. And we'll talk about some of the things that um, will help us to keep those more flexible later in this talk. Um, and because we stay moving in the same directions, like I said, this is where our joints will, and our tissues will, will kind of tighten up because it's going in the same patterns over and over and over again. So, you know, a big thing that we talk about is arthritis. Um, and you know, is it really arthritis and it could, it absolutely can be, um, But a lot of times there's things that can really mimic something that feels like arthritis. So like muscle tightness around a joint can make it feel like there's arthritis. Like we even had a person come in um, today and their thumb was bothering them. And honestly, it was from, you know, what they're on their phone all the time. (laughs) It's just kind of what happens and what we do. And so they, they're using their thumbs so much that their muscles have tightened up and it really feels like it's arthritis. But once we got everything kind of released and started working on some strengthening things and and kind of giving her some guidelines around like, Hey, we need to not do this for the short term to allow things to uh, feel better then it's the muscle tightness that made it feel like the joint was, was like more, was more arthritic. So that's one, one big thing you can do. The same thing can happen in the knees. Same thing can happen in the back. Um, Other things are what we call in our world in the PT world or at least in, in all my training, we call things derangements. And this is when joint material just kind of gets displaced. Um, And this creates joint tightness. And a lot of times this also can mimic an arthritic type condition. They actually have research where they had people in line, having a total knee replacement. And they um, basically um, went and had them do an evaluation with training similar to, similar to my training. And they put them into categories. Um, and one category was basically doing like knee mobilizations because they had lack of motion. And so they mobilized the knee to see if they could get the full range of motion back. And and then the other category, if they didn't have any issues, was just general strengthening. But 40% of the people that were in line for a 12 knee replacement had complete resolution in about three weeks, because it was more of that joint tightness that I was talking about. Um, That once when we were able to kind of self-mobilize the joint, everything increased, the range of motion improved their knee wasn't giving out, their pain felt better. And so this is where there's times when we see things where there's joint tightness um, that happens that can just be mobilized. um, And all of a sudden you start feeling a lot better. This can happen in the back, it can happen in the neck, it can happen in the shoulder. We literally had a person come in um, actually from Oklahoma, uh, someone that we had known and she just wanted to get her shoulder checked out the doctor wanted to do a, basically a shoulder replacement. And, um, we found that it was this joint tightness and we gave her some mobilizations and she was feeling much better already by just doing, doing a few joint mobilizations. So these are things that we look at from, from a PT perspective to see, like I always say you have to go after the mobility and then go into the stability. So how do the joints move above and below different areas to make sure things are moving correctly? Because if they're not, then you're gonna have compensation and problems. Um, There's no way that your muscles are gonna fire correctly if things can't move through the full range of motion. Tendinitis, like we talked about before, bursitis those kind of things they can also mimic that that arthritic type feeling we've had um cases um, like that as well and then just weakness around the joint there's just just pure weakness can also make make it feel like that you have some some arthritis so these are things that we look at overall from a physical therapy perspective um, that can be helped um, when you come through our office
1: Okay, so we're shifting gears a little bit now over to nutrition, and then we'll circle back to a little bit more on physical activity. Um, nutrition is just such a big, such a big topic, and I just wanted to kind of simplify a, a little bit uh, for the purpose of today's talk, but... Um, you know, it really, there's such a food mood connection and, you know, overall sense of well being and health. When people eat healthy, they're often in a better mood. They often feel better. There's more energy. They sleep better. Their body feels better, that kind of thing. Um, there, you know, there's just so much information out there and so many different anti inflammatory diets that are out there. There's, The American College of Lifestyle Medicine recommends the whole foods plant-based diet, and that's referring to 95, at least 95% whole foods plant-based. So you are allowed to eat a little bit of meat, uh, meat and dairy in there. Um, There's Dr. Weil um, from the University of Arizona, and he has an anti-inflammatory food pyramid. Um, across the world. Probably the best uh, studied, one of the more well-known diets would be the Mediterranean diet, uh, where there's an emphasis on kind of whole grains, fruits, vegetables, and um, some some limited amounts of fish, that kind of thing, and poultry are are allowed. There's the DASH diet, which has been studied with respect to to high blood pressure, where it's a dietary approach um, sodium and whatnot. So it it hypertension. So what do they have in common? I think is the important part. People start researching anti-inflammatory diets. They find tons of different books. There are various details that, that differ. Um, the things to really focus on is adding more fruits and vegetables, adding more whole grains, having lean proteins, hydrating, and limiting, limiting things. So what, what do we need to limit? Well, sugar, processed sugar, artificial sugars, um, sugar sweetened beverages, that kind of thing, processed meats. And so like your deli meats, sausages, that sort of stuff, they're actually labeled as a WHO class one carcinogen now. And then I would say red meats. Um, that's kind of the order in which I would go. Um, it's also helpful to focus on what to add and to kind of start from where you are. You know, there there's a huge range and a huge spectrum of what people are willing to do and what they're not willing to do, and what's practical and what's not practical, and so it's really not practical for most people to you know, consume a, um, you know, a raw vegan diet, for example. Um, and then it's not practical for people to say, cook every day from, from scratch at home or that sort of thing. And so how do we maximize, where do we start? I see a lot of folks that feel just sort of overwhelmed. Of well, I don't know where to start, so I'm going to do it tomorrow. I'm going to do it next week. I'm going to do it next month, and life gets busy. Um, that kind of thing. So I think keeping it keeping it simple, starting with with just focused goals, what we call smart goals, um, that's very helpful. I often say start with just adding you know, three, three servings a day of fresh fruits and vegetables. And I'll talk to patients about what they, what they like. It's helpful to just eat the rainbow. Don't think about or don't focus on what vitamins and what nutrients you need in each specific, say, fruit or vegetable. If you just eat the color rainbow and you go to the grocery store, shop the produce section, and just get that color variety, you're going to get the various um, vitamins and nutrients, that kind of thing that, that your body needs. And so start with, say, you know, three servings a day. Try to bring, bring that up to five servings a day. Of um, uh, fresh produce. There's also um, a real emphasis on whole foods versus processed foods. And we now know that, you know, processed and ultra processed foods are, are generally considered to be pretty pro inflammatory. And so, what do I mean by that? Well, let's say we're going to take a whole food. So, we take an apple. And think of it. Think of a whole food as something you're going to find out in nature, just as Mother Nature created it. So we have an apple. You're going to pick it from the tree, and that's a whole apple, and it's a whole food. That's fine for anybody to consume, even a diabetic. It's packaged with all that all that fiber and um, the healthy carbs, whatnot. It's going to be fine. You take the apple and you slice it up into into apple slices. You've done that with you know, just simple kitchen tools that's minimally processed, or um, you slice, you uh, peel it, something like that. Now we take it and we cook it and we make it into applesauce or something like that. And so now you've changed it some more, but you're still doing it in your kitchen with ingredients that, and tools that you have at home. Now we shift over into ultra processed. And so now we take the apples, we've sent them off to a factory and we've added a bunch of preservatives and various ingredients that none of us can pronounce and um, that kind of thing to make it shelf stable. And we've now removed, effectively removed a lot of the, the healthy stuff in there and the fiber and whatnot. So now if you're drinking, you know, some some processed shelf stable apple juice and then you're going to get those artificial sugars you're going to have the spike in the blood sugar for diabetics that kind of thing and so in general you know that's just one example but in general if Hello. you think about whole foods Here we go again. um if you think about whole foods and trying to get more whole foods and really limiting the processed foods, um, that right there is a really important place to start. And so I'll often just go through with patients during the visit and say, okay, give me an idea of what you eat in a typical day. And we kind of talk about that and then we sort of brainstorm about, well, what do you like? You know, And we give them some options and then we write it down and set some real clear goals. As part of our practice, uh, we also have a registered dietitian and um, for our our patient members, that's complimentary. And um, she's, she's terrific in really going through those details and giving additional tips on, you know, practical snacks and practical foods to eat uh, that are also in line with your goals, whether that's trying to be more anti-inflammatory, whether that's blood pressure that we're trying to watch or whether it's diabetes or whatever different layers are there.
0: Yeah. And the only thing else I would, I would add is thinking of like even the proteins, like how are they supposed to be living their life? Like, you know, we want to eat things, um, you know, plants and we want to make sure that they're minimally processed. Well, same thing for like animal proteins that we eat, making sure that, they're out in the, in the wild, the way they're supposed to be, they're eating like the grass or whatever they're supposed to be eating. They're not being fed processed foods that make them grow bigger and, and fatter faster, kind of like what happens if we eat processed hormones. And so making sure that when you're looking for meats and things like that, that you are finding, trying to find Fresh. um, Yes, exactly. Same same situation for us. You know, we're trying to do things that we're supposed to be eating fresh for us. Same same thing for the animals, and that's going to be a healthier version of a of a lean protein.
1: Yeah. Okay. Did anyone have questions
0: on that before we
1: move on? Yes, uh, I have a question. I've been trying. I've been going to uh, YouTube. Um, videos by various doctors that kind of promote this type of anti-inflammatory uh, diet in something to emphasize, you know, actually getting some animal protein in your diet, and then other ones, like Dr. Goodry, seem to emphasize that certain certain grains and certain uh, certain vegetables, I like guess, the nightshade vegetables are not good for you. So I'm just really confused as to what to do. For sure. Well, I mean, I think the the take home of that is is it really requires a personalized approach and kind of what your health um, challenges are and what your needs are and also how you feel. You know, Um, there's a lot of, of testing panels, a lot of different recommendations and things out there but it's important to, to balance data, you know, and what, what information overload, so to speak with how do you feel? So oftentimes as a rheumatologist, I, I get this question about nightshade be- vegetables, for example. And so people come in and, um, will say, well, gosh, like I read that I'm supposed to avoid nightshade vegetables. This is actually a true story. I uh, have um, a patient who I've seen for years, she's got osteoarthritis and she also has gout and she has, she lives on the country and she's got an amazing garden and she loves to garden and loves to grow, you know, fruits and vegetables, and all the things. And so she had seen somebody else and, um, and then got diagnosed with gout and then researched and said, okay, to go on a low purine diet or go on a Um, avoid all nightshades, then she just felt worse because she ended up avoiding so many things and ended up having such a restrictive diet that she actually felt worse. And so nightshade vegetables, I think are pro-inflammatory for certain people. Mm -hmm. If you eat say tomatoes and you feel fine and it doesn't make you feel worse, there's so many health benefits of say tomatoes, for example, or eggplants or whatever it is. If you feel like you just don't feel good and you eat them every time you eat, say, eggplants, you feel worse, well, then stop it. Generally, just doing an elimination diet is the only way to know for sure what um, what triggers, you know, what symptoms for you. And so generally we say to do a three-week elimination diet. So If there are specific foods that you feel might be problematic for you, remove them for about three weeks and then gradually, for at least three weeks, I should say, and then gradually reintroduce one at a time and watch your symptoms and see how you feel. Um, Where I see this very commonly is where people ask about gluten. And they feel that, you know, there's lots of information out there about the benefits of, of gluten free. Well, it's so hard to do, and I and it's so individualized. Many people do just fine with gluten. It's not, um, it's not pro-inflammatory in a lot of people. It's also very hard um, to eat gluten-free for, for a lot of people. And what's getting replaced in there, oftentimes it's it, they are artificial sugars and gluten-free products um, and they're often processed foods. And when people say I feel better when I go gluten free, the reality is that, They're avoiding processed foods and avoiding, let's say, pastas or breads or cereals, that kind of thing, which are common sources of gluten products. So that they're now eating more um, unprocessed foods or whole foods, that kind of thing. And so really it's not the gluten-free component, but it's the whole foods component and minimizing processed food component that um, that makes a difference. Does that answer your question? It gives me a lot to go on. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you.
0: I think a lot of people can go crazy on just like listening to all these, you know, different ideas. But if you, again, with what, what Dr. Reddy said, you know, you have all these different, you know, ACLM and Dr. Wilde and the Mediterranean diet, the DASH diet, look at like, what's the overall theme and going from there. And and I would just start there. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, just start by starting. You yeah. know, I think it's it's not a it's not um, all or none, and just start with where you are. It's really important to start with where you are, and just make small, consistent changes. Those small daily habits. You know, if it's if it's starting by saying. I don't eat any fruits or vegetables and you just start by eating one a day. Okay, well, that's doable, right? And so that's much more doable than saying, avoid all these different things. Um, Or if you say, start by, um, if someone normally drinks, say three to four sodas a day and you say, okay, well, let's start by, limiting that to one a day and talk about what we're going to drink as a replacement that makes a huge difference or alcohol Um, just start by starting build daily small consistent habits and you'll see that over time uh, it makes a huge difference in how you feel overall thank you thank you Okay, so switching gears um, to physical activity. um, there Some of you may be aware there are official guidelines that are out there for physical activity and it's broken down into into children and then adults aged 18 to 64 and then adults over 65. Um, There are four main components to physical activity. And that includes cardiovascular and muscle strengthening and flexibility and balance. And so a lot of times we tend to focus on cardiovascular, um, which is absolutely important. We generally say to do about two and a half hours or 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity cardiovascular exercise. And that can be broken down, um, you know, over several days a week, as long as it's in 10 10 minute increments or longer. Uh, What does moderate intensity mean? It just means that you're going, let's say you're going on a brisk walk. And so you're walking fast enough that your heart rate is elevated. You can speak in short phrases, but not, you know, hold a a lengthy conversation, that kind of thing. You can talk, but you couldn't sing, for example. I find that that is a good guideline for patients to kind of understand, like, the level of intensity. I know there are a lot of people that like the the various... um, gadgets and smart watches and all these different things but for me if i'm trying to exercise and i've had you know messages all day and i'm just trying to decrease my inputs and and just um get my mind off of things i find that i don't want a gadget or a device to to tell me what my heart rate is because that's just gonna excuse me stress me out a little bit <coughs> pardon me um not help me with my exercise. So, moderate intensity, a brisk walk, um, bike ride, whether you like to go on the treadmill, whether you like to do, you know, go to the gym, whatever it is, um, that helps with the cardiovascular component. You can also do um, vigorous intensity for 75 minutes a week. And then the next component is uh, muscle strengthening exercises and it's helpful to get at least a couple days of different strengthening exercises. Um, if we're and it's important to kind of balance the upper and lower extremities. And, and I'm seeing a lot of folks having kind of hip flexor weakness and core core muscle weakness. And so that's that's really important to kind of minimize fall risk, especially in um, in older adults. Uh, flexibility. I think Stephanie kind of touched on this, but we see a lot of just stiffness and loss of flexibility over time. And so, really taking that time to stretch, and uh, really taking that time to just to just loosen up. These are things you can do at home. You don't have to go to the gym. You don't have to go anywhere. Um, you can even be lying in bed or lying on the couch and really just doing some range of motion. And again, consistency is important. Those muscles and those tissues really do kind of tighten up as we get as we get older, kind of lose um, lose the elasticity and that kind of thing. So, oftentimes, just incorporating some flexibility into your day to day activity routine makes such a difference in terms of how your joints feel and how you feel. Um, Another component is balance. And this is something that's part of the guidelines for adults over 65. And so doing balance exercises several times a week, um, as, we, as we age, our you know, peripheral sense of balance really can get compromised. It can be affected by vision. It can be affected by your hearing and that sort of thing. And so balance is just so important in preventing fall risk. And so, you know, just walking, yoga, um, I often recommend Tai Chi because that is a nice gentle way to, to work on balance. It makes a huge difference, especially folks who um, have had some deconditioning or setbacks and now they can't stand up out of a chair or, Um, there's neuropathy, that kind of thing. It's really, really important. And that's often a reason for me to refer patients to, to physical therapy is to focus on that as well. Um, setting smart goals is, is important. So really being specific and saying, okay, I'm going to do this, say, you know, two times a week for, 20 minutes, you know, got to start, got to start somewhere. And so it's measurable and it's gonna, I'm gonna go to the gym and walk on the treadmill, or I'm going to lift weights and what kind and how many reps and that sort of thing is it achievable and is it realistic? And is it time connected? So I need to set some time on the calendar. I'll often suggest, you know, time blocking. And so put it on your calendar. Folks are very good about bringing, about coming in and being compliant with scheduled appointments and that kind of thing, or a meeting or work or whatnot. So putting time on your calendar to exercise um, finding a buddy to do it with. So having somebody to hold you accountable and do it, whether, you know, if you know that Stephanie's coming out to your house, um, then you're, then you're going to be moving, you know, you've dedicated that time, um, to doing it.
0: And I'd say a big thing as we get older, that's important is to doing either like body weight exercises Mm -hmm. or like even weights. It doesn't have to be heavy weights, But the more that you can improve your, um, the strength, the better your energy levels are going to be, but also the better your balance is going to be. So strengthening as we get older is huge. Um, Someone said in the chat, my, my joint and back limits what I can do physically also somewhat anemic, which interferes with my energy levels. I can go on short, gentle walks using a a rollator because my gait is off from multiple hip surgeries. I need to find ways to increase my activity. You know, some things that people don't realize is that you can do a lot of arm activities, um, which is really close to your heart that will actually get your heart rate up. Um, So that's something to think about. Um, And I think getting out even on your rollator and and doing um, even short walks, like, like, like what Dr. Reddy said, even 10 minutes is, is enough, um, to just get you moving, but upper body people don't realize like upper body exercises can actually increase your heart rate and doing stuff um, that way as well. Anything else to add?
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I often recommend aquatic physical therapy as well. Um, I think it's just such a nice gentle way to start for someone that's just really limited and has a lot of pain and a lot of, a lot of areas of pain and whatnot, and hasn't been moving much. Um, I'll often get patients that say, well, I'm not going to physical therapy. I tried that before and it made me, it made me worse. And um I think, you know, a couple things, it's important if you have joint inflammation and say swollen joints and such, then it's important to calm down that inflammation in the joint first, and then try to strengthen the muscles and and whatnot, the tissues around it. So doing it in the right sequence is is often helpful, Um, going to the water and Uh, doing water therapy is just such a nice, gentle way to start moving, kind of loosening up, um, loosening up your body and just get used to moving without having a pain flare afterwards. Um, I also, you know, it's, it's, I say this with caution, of course, talk to your doctor about it, but um doing uh, exercising with in the heat you know whether it's hot yoga or some kind of modified heat the heat really helps loosen up those muscles and improves flexibility and you're often able to push yourself gently push yourself a little further Um, because you've got, you know, you've got that improved flexibility. For myself, years ago, I had my own orthopedic um, injuries, had an ankle injury and a hip injury and some hip surgeries, that kind of thing. And so um, for myself, I had a lot of stiffness and that sort of thing. And I'm not a flexible person at baseline. Um, And I started going to, to a hot yoga class that I liked. And um, it really helped so much. I was able to do a lot more than what I could have done just, you know, on on my own or a regular gym or whatnot. So, those are some some ideas.
0: Yeah, I I agree. If if you can, um, I mean, find a place to do activities where it's heated, like that radiant heat, it makes all the difference in the world. I never knew how much of a difference it made until. COVID hit and I stopped mm-hmm. doing yoga and I was like, why is my body hurt more? Like, I don't understand it. I, I, I didn't hurt like this. And even when I tried to do yoga, not in the warm room, it wasn't the same. So I make sure that I get out to doing something like that in a hot room. Cause it does. I mean, it just makes you, it, it warms up your tissues and you can move farther, mm-hmm. um, without having as much tightness and soreness. And it makes a big difference. So common stretches that keep you feeling great. Um, so really here's the key. So a lot of times people will stretch like, Oh, my hamstrings are tight, but in reality, their hamstring may be just a symptom of something else that's kind of going on. So what I like to kind of share is more, what are you doing repeatedly and then move in the opposite direction? So for instance, Um, A lot of times people have uh, back issues and when I ask them, you know, what are some of the things that they do that they can start feeling that their back is, it gives them problems will be like sitting and bending. And what do they do throughout the day? Well, they're in front of a computer, they're watching TV and they're always in this like bent position where their back is always is, is more bent. So we need to reverse it. So think of that, think of things that you do repeatedly And reverse the direction. So if, if that's something that happens with your back, we have people doing um, press ups, which is very similar to what this guy's doing in the front, or even just using a towel roll and put it behind your back while you're sitting or put it behind your back and lie down to where you get everything to kind of stretch or basically stretching the joints. Um, same thing with like upper back and neck. What do we do all the time? We're always bent forward. So things that I'll do is I'll use a bolster. I'll, I'll roll up a towel and I'll put it between my shoulder blades and just kind of arch back and open up and open up the front part of the chest, because it's something that we're going in the opposite direction of of things that we always do. Hip and knee, we could be kneeling on our hip or sitting with our hip bent. Um, so doing things where you're taking your hip in the opposite direction, um, like kneeling or, or I'll have, sometimes I'll show people to, um, on the couch where they'll have one leg on the couch and the other leg off the couch. And then they're kind of pressing up, stretching the hip in the opposite direction, because we're always in the same, doing the same motions over and over again. And this will tighten up those joints, which then will tighten up the tissues. So, um, same thing. Think of your ankle. What, do you, what, what position is it in all the time? Maybe we need to do some toe extension stretches. Maybe we need to stretch the foot on the wall to go backwards because we're always p- pointing our toes. Or our toes are always pointed forward. Um, same thing, wrist and hand stuff. What are we doing all the time? Like we're typing on the computer. We'll take the fingers back and, and move them in the opposite direction. Take your wrist and move it in the opposite direction. So if you think of, of things that you're doing repeatedly, Think of taking those directions and moving your body in the opposite direction. And these are a great way to keep your joints way more flexible, which keeps your tissues not wanting to tighten up as much. Oftentimes what we'll do is if our back is tight, we want to stretch the back. We want to bend forward more and we're stretching those muscles. When in reality, we need to stretch the joints and we need to move them in the opposite direction. Um, And it's a big thing that we see people do a lot of um, the wrong way. So one thing that we have in our office that we're really excited about is um, it's called shockwave therapy, and it's a regenerative type therapy. And so what it is is um, think of like like a jackhammer and how it can disrupt the structure below the surface of like the concrete. Well, essentially that's kind of what happens with our with with um, when we use this on the skin. It kind of disrupts the tissues down below. So if there's any like calcifications or adhesions, or, you know, a lot of times when you have scarring, things like that, when you have things like that, you have a lack of blood flow. Um, that's what a tissue can be more degenerative in nature. And when it's more degenerative, it means it just like has stopped, like there's no blood flow that goes to it. It's kind of stopped healing. Um, and every time you kind of move it, it kind of hurts. And so what this does is it, kind of disrupts those tissues to start the healing process again, to get more blood flow going through there, which will speed up the healing, um, of some of those, you know, recent or more, um, chronic conditions. It also promotes more collagen production, which is key in connective tissue healing. Um, we have had it for about a month and like we've had, um, patients who, where their back pain got way better, but we just couldn't get that last like 10 or 15%. It was like, God, I'm still getting some soreness. I don't understand why. Um, And we've been able to use it on some of those tissues and it's really made a difference. And usually it's like a a three to six type treatment and that that's all that you need. So plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis, muscle degeneration around the joints, kind of like what we talked about with, um, you know, sometimes our joint can feel arthritic because the tissues around it have kind of gotten stuck and gotten tight. Um, you can use this to undo a lot of that stuff. Adhesive capsulitis, recent injuries, even MS, we're finding, um, some results from, from like the lesions. They're just now starting to do more research on it. Um, where people are starting to get more mobile and having more energy. Um, when we, when we use it on conditions like that tendon muscle injuries, Superficial nerve healing, chronic injuries with the back, neck, shoulder, knee, ankles, um, and things like that. So it's it's a really cool thing um, that we've been doing a lot of research on over the last um, probably two three months, and we're excited to bring that to our patients. So some of the other things on you know we get kind of frustrated with our healthcare system, and the biggest thing why is mostly because people don't have, like our healthcare providers in general do not have time to spend um, trying to figure all these things out. And I always say like most of the people that come to our office, come come to our office uh, not knowing what they did. They're not sure what happened. They just started having some pains. And these are more complicated issues because you've got to really figure out, sit down, have a conversation and start putting all the pieces of the puzzle together. It's not like, oh, I fell and I and I broke my leg or I fractured my ankle. Those are easy. You you broke, you know, you go and take an x-ray, it's broken. Yes, we need to go get that fixed. But when you have those aches and pains and things that happen over time, those take more time um, to figure out. And usually it's not just one thing that's a problem, it's multiple things that we're having. We're like peeling the layers back to kind of figure things out. But one big thing is, is, you know, I always, again, say where the side of the pain is often not where the source of the problem is coming from. And a lot of times, you know, some, like if you go to healthcare providers and they're only looking at the site of the pain and they're not putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, this, this can lead to, um, not getting to the source of the problem, treating symptoms, like figuring out which category you're in. we talked about this throughout the whole entire talk between me and Dr. Reddy is really figuring out like where, Is your pain coming from and we've got to figure out what that is so sometimes you'll go and um you know it's you're only given medications or you'll go and you'll just get a massage or you'll go and you'll just get injections or you'll go and you'll only do strengthening well you've got to look at like what's going on because that while massage will make it feel better why is the tissue getting tighter um, you know, is it a mechanical thing or is, is there some chemical issues that are going on that need to be addressed? Um, again, I always say you have to look at the mobility before you can go to the stability and the strengthening piece of it. So if you're not looking at the whole big thing, um, it's, it's going to be a problem. You have to get to the why I'm always asking why, why did this happen? Why did this get tight? Why did, why, um, is this not sticking? Um, you know, we're all constantly learning, Uh, even as patients come in, we're, we're learning. We learn from you guys by asking questions and understanding and how things are responding. And we're, we're constantly learning every time people come in, which is why, um, you know, we could help so many people because it's, it's never, you know, we're always learning. We, we don't ever stop learning. Um, arthritis is not always what is creating your pain. Um, you know, it definitely can be a, a source, um, but it's not always um, lifestyle changes. Again, um, we've got to get to what are you doing repeatedly? Um, what are some things that we can do from a diet lifestyle? You know, if, if there is like systemic inflammation and within our body, like what can we do from a food, food wise um, to change some of our lifestyle things? um what we do repeatedly again is something that we take into account all the time so that if it's if you are if you do have a sitting job then we start coming up with a game plan as to what you can do um to help you know keep you feeling great or if you love to garden and that's something that you love to do we come up with a game plan so that you know what you need to do while you're gardening you know, how you take breaks, what you're supposed to be doing after you garden to take care of your body so that you can get back to doing the things that you love. And again, most doctors just don't have time to figure it out. Unfortunately, our medical system is just not going in the right direction in my opinion. Um, we are just like, there's just more and more paperwork that has to happen. There's more and more time um, that gets cut out. Um, and it's just, it's, it's bad. It's, it's leading us down, down the wrong path in my opinion. Um, MRIs. I know we haven't touched on some of this stuff, but they're, they're not reliable when it's the main source that you're getting information from. Um, they've done a lot of research where you literally can take people that have had no pain whatsoever. Um, and there's a lot of research on it and let's just take it like in general, if there was a hundred people that had no pain whatsoever, 60 to 80% of them are going to show something, whether it's a rotator cuff tear, a herniated disc. Degenerative changes, arthritis, um, a meniscal tear—you name it. And what happens as is, as we get older, we're going to show more things. It's kind of like as we get older, we get wrinkles on our face. It just happens as you know we don't want them there, but it just happens as we get older. It's just a part of aging. Well, we can get wrinkles on our bones and our tissues. So that doesn't necessarily mean that what's in that MRI is really what's going on. Now, it absolutely can be, but when you go through a full evaluation and you're like taking all the pieces together, yes, this fully really makes sense. Or if there's like red flags and we're like, no, no, no. I mean, definitely if there's red flags, you need to get further testing to figure out like what's going on. Um, there's a time and a place for these things, but it should not be the gold standard of like, oh, this is what it showed. So this is what I have. And really finding um places that will have like more of a multidisciplinary approach to healthcare. Um, because it's not again, like it's not just one thing that is that is the problem. It can be multiple things. Um, so having a place like Dr. Reddy's office where they have, you know, someone that's going to help with the nutrition side of things and, and coming up with a game plan for you um, is amazing because <clears throat> you, we can do a lot um from uh, from keeping us healthy and, and feeling our best by a lot of lifestyle change changes that, that we can do, um, that aren't always easy, but as you start doing small changes and build upon each other, um, it does get easier and you start feeling better that you don't want to go back. Cause I've gone through a lot of that journey myself where I'm like, I used to have, I used to do eat this kind of food that was really bad for me. And now I, I rarely do. And every time I do, I'm like, why'd I do that? I feel like crap. Um, So it's just a slow process that you go through. It's a journey. We're all on our own journey um, that we go through. And as you, you start um, taking the approach of making some of these changes, you realize you don't want to go back and you'll stick to them because you'll feel better. And if you do go back, you feel like crap. So then you'll be like, nope, nope, nope. I got to get back on track on what I need to do. What else would you add, Dr. Reddy?
1: No, I I agree with that. I think it's, um, you know, I think imaging studies are really just one piece of the puzzle. And that's one component of information. Um, I run into this with labs as well. You know, people will come in and they've got all these abnormal labs, but they feel fine. And now they're just in a frenzy because they've Googled it. And, you know, Google says whatnot. Um, And so I have to take a lot of time to, you know, kind of reassure them, no, let's interpret this and you're feeling well. And other times I'll have uh, patients that come in and say, you know, I can tell from across the room, their joints are swollen and whatnot, but yet their labs come back largely normal. And so um, just understanding that really the the personalized approach, actually seeing the person and, and getting a comprehensive history and a physical exam is so important. Um, and imaging and labs are just pieces of the puzzle, but they're not, you know, it's, it's often not just a simple, simple answer. Um, thank you.
0: So, what can you guys take from this? Um, we just need a multidisciplinary approach to to what you know to our health. I mean, it's not it's not just one thing that's gonna that's gonna be make all the difference. It's usually a lot of small things that make a big difference. Um, and and it's a journey. Our health is a journey, and just think of it that way. And so. Um, just because you feel like you're not where you want to be, you just have to look at it like, but I'm better than I was the day before. And, and that's how you kind of approach life. Um, nothing is perfect. Um, it's just more of like, how can you, um, make some of these changes and in your life and eventually you're like, okay, I'm going to make more changes. And, and it's just, it's a journey, um, over, over time, find a healthcare provider who can really spend time with you. um, because it's, it really is the time, um, that they spend with you it's it's gonna really help you get where you want to be um and it's possible to feel your best as you as you get older there's times when you know i'm like i can't believe i'm turning 50 this year but i am but there's times when i'm like i don't feel good but i know that i can that's when i have to like start working on myself and i'm just like my patients I'm not going to change until I get to the point where it's really affecting my life. And then I'm like, okay, I need to start making some changes so that I can start feeling better. Um, I'm just like, like my patients, exactly like my patients that come in when it starts affecting your life. You're like, okay, I need to go and and do this. I need to go and actually start taking care of this and taking care of myself. Um, and it's possible not to slow down. I mean, yeah, your life's going to look different as you kind of get older, but If you're doing some of these things with the nutrition and the exercise and, um, and, you know, helping keep some of these aches and pains away, um, you definitely, you know, your life may look a little bit different. I mean, it's not going to be like it was in your twenties, but you can do the things that you enjoy. Maybe it's just slightly different. Maybe it's not as fast. Maybe it's just going to be at a little bit of a slower pace, but you can still live, um, and start taking care of yourself now. Don't wait until you get sick or can't move. Um, because your journey is going to be much longer if you, the longer that you kind of wait, but you can start doing some simple things now. What else would you add? Yeah, I agree with that. I think that the prevention
1: component is really important and being proactive is, is really important, especially, um, as we all go through, you know, the aging process and, we know that you know studies show that you lose about six percent muscle mass uh, per year with for adults over 65, and that's just with normal aging. And so that's where really you know exercising just to maintain that strength and, and mobility and such is so it was so important. I have plenty of uh, you know 80 and 90 year old patients um, who. Are just unstoppable. I mean, they. I, I. You know, I'm tired just hearing their with what, what they're up to. I have one. I remember um one sweet lady when she turned 90, and she came in probably the following month, and she said, "Well, today I'm tired." I'm like, "Okay, well, why are you tired?" And she said, "Well, I just hosted my 90th birthday party, and I had." 32 grandchildren and, uh, you know, and six kids and all these cousins and whatnot. And she hosted like 80 people in her house for her 90th birthday. So it's possible to do. I see it um, there. You know, it's I, I see a lot of folks that feel better um as in the older you know years than they did even in younger years because they started taking their health more seriously and started being more proactive and preventative and whatnot and so it really is important to focus on on this side of things and and um you know doing doing what you can.
0: We have a little bit of special offers for you guys. Um, so I know like at our office, we have a thing what we call free discovery visit. And Dr. Reddy said she'd do kind of the same thing where she could sit down and have a conversation. So you kind of get to know her and her practice and um, and she can get to know a little bit about you because it's that's, it's it's so important. But we also have for those that want to come, come in and if they're, they are having some issues, we'll have a hundred dollars off an evaluation. And that will also include a free shockwave treatment if we feel like it's appropriate or like when we feel like it's appropriate um if we want to do that in the next 15 days um and then we're going to have some pretty big discounts for shockwave treatments to 50 dollars off um treatments up to six that you can have but again like usually it's three to six treatments is all, all people typically need um but again i would start with that free discovery visit so we can get to to know you a little bit more but that's all we have and gosh i know we're like right at an hour but um i'm gonna stop the recording and then if there's any other questions that that um you guys want to ask well we can answer them hello my
1: name is victoria i'm the client care specialist i
0: hope you enjoyed the information in this podcast if you're
1: looking for more information to figure out how to fix your need pain click on the link below for a new community book If you would like to talk to one of our specialists, click on the link below for a free discovery visit if you live in the Dallas-Fort Worth area.